we'll start reading at verse 11. And God speaking to Noah, And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass, when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. And God will bless that reading to us, I'm sure, as we study it later on. Let's just have a word of prayer. O oh God, as we study your word, we pray that you will just enlighten it to us. May it not just be a, a mental exercise to, to, to look up verses and to study it in a, in a technical kind of way. We pray, O oh God, that you will speak to us through your word. And bless it to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we touched on the fact that God had declared that he would establish his covenant with Noah. He said, I'm going to form an alliance with you and all who come after you and your family and I'm giving you a pledge and we'll keep this covenant. God said, after all the judgment had taken place, God said, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a form a covenant with you, an agreement with you. We saw that those of us who are Christians, Christ said that he was making a new covenant in his blood. Every time we take communion, we are reminded of that. This is the New Testament, the new covenant in my blood, the new agreement that I have with you, Jesus was saying. And he says the, 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 the proof of that is that the Holy Spirit will be given to you. When we become Christians, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's the pledge, he's the, the sign that someday uh, our redemption will be complete and we'll see the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. So let's move on. We have seen this, this was a new start. Noah had come out of the ark and it was a new start for Noah and for man. Noah had sacrificed when he came out a, a, an offering which was acceptable to God. And God was pleased. And God was saying, there's a new age starting here now with you Noah and I'm going to make a new agreement with you. It's a bit like the start of Adam and the Eve in the, in the garden. They started, but they failed. And here Noah was given a new chance in a new world, a new earth. A couple of differences between Adam and Noah. When Adam was there, the animals had no fear of man. 
But now God says the animals are going to be fearful of man. We said that was probably a good thing. Because otherwise we'd probably be overrun by elephants. The original harmony of the garden had obviously been broken. There had been... An, a, 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 but in a later time, that law will be repeated. They read that, I don't really listen to this service on the radio this morning, the, the, about the Millennium Kingdom when the child would play at the, the cobra's den and the, the ox would lie down with the sheep, with the, the, the lion and the, all that wonderful picture in Isaiah of the millennial reign when things will be back like they were in some senses before. Food for man was herbs and things. In Genesis, when, when God told Adam and Eve to work, they, all the herbs of the earth were, were for them to eat. But now, God says food shall also include animal animals. You can eat the animals. And you know, here we read for the first time about animal food for man. For until then, only the green herbs had been given for both man and beast. If you look at Genesis 1.29, you'll see what God said. This new diet contained an important spiritual lesson. If we look at this, an important spiritual lesson. As man was to be fed physically by the death of a substitute. You know, he was going to be fed now by the death of an animal. Spiritually, Man will receive life through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a picture of what was going to happen when the Lord Jesus Christ was come. And of course we saw that the blood was not given for food, but to make it atonement for sinful man. The man was not allowed to eat blood. And that's why we have kosher food, and that's why we drain all the blood off. We, we don't drink blood. In, in Leviticus it says I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls it was all pointing forward to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ which would be shed at Calvary and then we come to the first mention of a covenant there are lots of covenants within scripture lots of agreements between man and God and between man and man and this is the first mention we have in chapter 6 of Genesis to do with Noah that God was starting to talk about covenants. Well, this covenant here, in uh, chapter 9, uh, we, we see in verse 10, that the covenant is universal. It's with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, and of the beast, and of the earth with you, for all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth, I will establish my covenant with you. It's interesting that this covenant was for the whole universe. It was expansive. It was for it included God giving this covenant with Noah, Noah's seed, and all living creatures. It's an interesting uh, concept, this. And in verse 11, it was, to a large extent, unilateral. That means it came from God. God was making this covenant, and he says, this is the way it's going to be. Noah didn't dictate the, dictate the terms of the, the covenant or he didn't have to have an agreement with it. God said this is the way it's going to be. A divine promise dependent upon God and his word. That's what this covenant was. We read that. In verse 16 it says it's an everlasting covenant. 
and the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. This covenant with Noah will last as long as the earth remains. The earth will never be again flooded. That was what God was saying. Never again will I destroy this earth by flood. It will never happen. That's, but you know the earth will be destroyed one day. If you look at Peter, Second Peter, you'll see that he says that the earth will eventually be destroyed. And it will be destroyed the next time by fire. But until then we have God's promise, God's covenant with man and with beasts and with every living creature to say that the earth would not be destroyed again by water. 2 Peter 3, verse 3. Knowing this first, that the, there shall first come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Peter says, you know, in the last days we, keep, we Christians keep on talking about the Lord's going to come back. And there are going to be people who says, where is he? Things are just the same as they were. Things haven't changed. You're always saying the Lord's going to come back. Things have always been the same. Since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that the word of God, by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. God says that's never going to happen again. The heavens of the earth and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto the fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Someday this old earth will be destroyed again. But until then we have God's covenant. The covenant that we have too with the Lord Jesus Christ he says, I'm giving you a new covenant, a new agreement. And in this agreement we have with the Lord Jesus. He said, I'm giving you eternal life and you shall never perish. I'm giving you life with joy. I'm giving you life, abundant life. There's a tract we used to have, safety, certainty and enjoyment. You know, we're safe in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ because we are sheltered. I'm safe because I'm sheltered by Jesus' precious blood and I'm sure because he promised and he cannot break his word. And you know, God says to Noah in these verses between, uh, the, in the passage we read between verses 9 to verse 17 God says seven times to Noah I'm making a covenant with you. He keeps on reminding, as if, as if he's trying to get through to Noah. Look at verse 9. And I will establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. Verse 11. I will establish my covenant with you. Verse 12. This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you. Verse 13, I have set my bow in the cloud, it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. Verse 15, I will remember my covenant which is between me and you. Verse 16, 
and the bow shall be in the cloud, I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature. Verse 17, And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me. And you, he keeps on saying it in those few verses. Seven times he reiterates. You know, Noah, have you got the message? That's what he's saying. I'm making this covenant with you. Do you understand? Do you understand that we have a covenant? God has a covenant. A new covenant with us. We have a covenant with God. A new covenant in the blood of the Lord Jesus. Do we appreciate that? We saw last week that he, he and we said it there to start today, that the Holy Spirit is given to us as the, the security, the pledge, that someday our salvation will be complete in heaven. Let us think of Noah. He had gone into the ark with his family. He'd been there over a year. Dark storm clouds of judgment had come bringing the wrath of God onto a sinful, wicked world. Can you imagine them in the ark? The clouds bursting out. The underwater explosions of water that cause terrible disruption. And now God says, in verse 13 and 14, I do set my bow in the cloud. When I bring a cloud over the earth, that bow shall be seen in the cloud. I can imagine Noah saying, Oh no, not more clouds. Not more clouds, God. You know, I've seen enough clouds. <laughs> See, the, the flood changed a few things. If you go back to Genesis chapter 2, Verse 5, And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground, but there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. It would appear that before the flood there did not seem to be rain. I don't know whether it applied all the way through or not, but it's, a, it's an interesting thought. That this mist came up and watered the ground. It's a debatable point whether there had been rain before the flood or not. Whether this system of uh, mist fertilizing and watering the ground. And now God said, we're going to have clouds. These clouds are going to come. And these clouds are going to bring rain. And this covenant he said that I'm going to make with you is going to last while the earth remains. In other words, you know, this earth has to run at least another thousand and seven years. There's going to be a millennium of a thousand years and then there's going to be a period of tribulation before that of seven years. So all this talk about global warming, all this earth has to be here for another thousand and seven years, one way or the other. 
So don't worry too much about global warming for the moment. But this bow that we see, you know, it was wonderful going on, on, on Monday to uh, Rini's funeral. There was a beautiful rainbow in the sky. A sign of hope, a sign of God's covenant with this earth. I mentioned a poem that I learned as a kid. My heart leaps up when I behold a rainbow in the sky. So was it when my life began, so is it now, I am a man. So be it when I shall grow old or let me die. The child is father of the man and I should wish my days to be bound each to each with natural piety. Everybody loves a rainbow. Everybody looks up at a rainbow and says... Oh, it's not beautiful. I have all these crazy stories about gold at the uh, a pot of gold with a leprechaun at the bottom of the rainbow and all. Nobody's ever found it yet. But there we are. Everybody loves rainbows. And God says, I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky, in the clouds. The bow will be in the cloud. You know, that which was a sign of judgment. To Noah the cloud must have been a sign of God's judgment it now suddenly becomes a sign of hope a sign of God's covenant when he was to look up at the clouds in future he was looking to see if there was a rainbow and the rain which was coming and the light causes the the rainbow now instead of showers of disaster and showers of judgment these clouds were going to bring showers of rain to bring up the plants showers of blessing you know in Genesis it says in the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month in the 17th day of the month the same were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and those showers of, of thunder and lightning and rain and storms and judgment came. But in Malachi, there's another verse. The opposite of that. And it says, Bring ye all your tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, God is speaking. And prove me now, he says. Prove me, test me. If we do the will of God, he says, I will check if I will not open the windows of heaven oh the windows of heaven before had brought disaster on, on Noah but now he says if you follow me if you do what I am going to, uh, to and trust me and do my will he says I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing there shall not be room enough to receive it he says I'm going to bless you so much you know you'll be overpowered by this isn't that wonderful you know in future that's what it was going to be like instead of these clouds instead of being clouds of judgment we're now going to bring clouds of blessing you know it's a picture of Calvary isn't it isn't it a picture of what happened at Calvary we read that when Jesus was on the cross there was darkness a dark cloud came over the whole land God was blocking out man's view of his punishment, of his judgment on his son. 
you know we look at Calvary we can see that bright bow of God's eternal love at Calvary shining through God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish that light of Calvary darts through the bow is there in the cloud God's love it is from God's everlasting covenant with those of his creation those who will believe on his son we can look up and see the bow in the cloud the rainbow and you know in verse 14 it says it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud we'll see that bow that brightness in a cloud you know we said that the Holy Spirit is a pledge and a mark of our salvation but in this particular case also the Lord Jesus Christ is a type of the bow in the cloud and I'll explain that someone has said you know there's no silver lining unless there's a cloud there is no rainbow unless there is a cloud and sunshine you know you need sunshine and you need a cloud you need a drop of rain and then you'll see the bow in the sky the love of God can be seen by you and by me through the Lord Jesus Christ if we want to see what God is like we look at the Lord Jesus he's the one who's the light of the world he's the one who shines and reflects the beauty and image of God when clouds may come across our paths lift up our eyes above and see the bow in the cloud when we are suffering when we are down here oppressed by various problems and difficulties look up and see the bow in the clouds see the beauty of Jesus in all his glory seated at the Father's right hand interceding for us he's there when things get rough look up and then in verse 16 it says I will look upon it God's going to look upon the bow and remember his covenant and God looked at his son while he walked these uh, through Galilee and he broke through on three occasions and said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased God was pleased with the Lord Jesus Christ and God was pleased with what the Lord Jesus Christ did at Calvary he looked at what his son had done and he was well pleased Peter when he was talking at Pentecost he talks about the Lord Jesus and he says this Jesus hath God raised up whereof we are all witnesses therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost he hath shed forth this now we, which ye now see and hear for David is not ascended into the heavens but he saith himself the Lord said unto my Lord sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified both Lord and Christ God hath highly exalted the Lord Jesus Christ and set him at his right hand 
God looks at his son and he sees that covenant which we have with the Lord Jesus Christ and in the darkest cloud we can look up and see him we sang that chorus didn't we turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace look up at the cloud there's a silver lining there's a rainbow in the clouds and we can see Christ there helping us encouraging us every cloud can have a silver lining we're thrilled are you thrilled with what Jesus Christ has done for you we're going to sing in a minute that hymn the last one on the sheet who can cheer the heart like Jesus by his presence all divine true and tender pure and precious oh how blessed to call him mine all that thrills my soul is Jesus he is more than life to me and the fairest of ten thousand in my blessed Lord I see love of Christ so freely given grace of God beyond degree mercy higher than the heaven deeper than the deepest sea every need his hand supplying every good in him I see on his strength divine relying he is all in all to me all that thrills my soul is Jesus he is more than life to me and the fairest of ten thousand in my blessed Lord I see all the beauty of the rainbow that white light which is broken up into all the colors of the prism and we see in the Lord Jesus Christ all the beauty and all those beautiful colors all showing different aspects of God's great love through the Lord Jesus my heart leaps up when I behold a rainbow in the sky we should have that same joy in our hearts when we see that rainbow and it reminds us of God's covenant with us in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ because he died and rose again and sits at God's right hand interceding for you and for me.